61 District 6, stage 1 shooting. Skimmer Wayne, near Lakeland, Charles, 478 Tango. 378-1654. Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Now the always entertaining Chris Ceballero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's time once again to go Inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Savalero, and i got to tell you, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas out there as well. And if you haven't realized it, there's 26 shopping days left till Christmas. If you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, uh, you guys don't have to get me anything, so don't worry about that. But uh, the man that I will be giving thanks for this week during Thanksgiving is here with us as well, and that's our good friend Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing good, man. Things are going well, and uh, sure. so you're you're coming to us uh, from Texas EMS. How are things yeah, going down there in Fort Worth, Texas? Yeah, I've uh, been at the uh, Texas EMS conference for the past three days, and and gave my talks and recharged my psychological batteries a little bit, and, and uh, we've had a good time. That sounds great. You know, I mean, great steaks down there as well. Go to the Chop House while you're down there. Of course, uh, El, Del Frisco's, if you want to spend an arm and a leg, you probably have to give up uh, probably just an arm, though, to eat there. But uh, well, great. I ate at Del Frisco's five years ago, and I've still got three payments left on that steak. So, oh, do you? Okay. Um, so we went to the Star Cafe in the Stockyards, which is a, <clears throat> it's a Fort Worth institution, and we, uh, we had a good time there. Um, just your classic... Uh, your classic greasy spoon um, with really great food and really great service. So. And, of course, if you uh, want some great Mexican food, don't forget Joe T. Garcia's. Oh, yeah. And that, they should we, they should be sponsoring us now. I mean, look at yeah, all these great foods you got down there in Fort Worth, man. But I know that uh, you're a connoisseur of fine food, so go ahead and check that out. So Is that a kind, is that a kind way of saying fat guy of course not i would never do that you know i don't i don't look at you that way i I see things through rose-colored glasses so don't uh, make it sound like but uh so i think before we get started we've got a really great announcement uh you know we've been you and i have been uh fans of sean eddy and his tips of the week and uh, I got to tell you, since we've had him on, we've, we've had a lot of folks that have kind of gotten in touch with us to say, you know, his tips are really helping out, and they've really thanked us for that. Well, Sean, and he's here with us uh, as we get ready to start Inside EMS, Kelly, and he's got some big news for us. Let's go ahead and bring Sean in here, and uh, good morning to you, Sean. How are you doing? Oh, doing about the same as Kelly. <laughs> both at Texas EMS, and both have stayed up late last night doing those great classes, huh? That's, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's exactly what we were doing. We were holding, we were holding great classes at um, at Pete's doing piano. <laughs> Pete's being a part. <laughs> so what is that? What is actually is the EMS concept at Pete's doing pianos? Uh, what do you learn there? Um, leadership, teamwork, camaraderie, um, alcohol abuse management, and uh, and. That sort of thing. That's right. For a replacement in dehydration kind of thing. Exactly. Yes, actually, that's what I'm learning this morning. Awesome. I've I've got to replace some fluid. That's right. Uh, So anyway, uh, Sean, thanks for coming in. And and again, great success so far with the tips of the week. And uh, I got to tell you, last time you were here, you talked about uh, the You Need a Budget program, which I wound up downloading and uh, playing with myself. Now gives me a great opportunity to share with our workforce. So thank you for that. But you got some news for us, man. So why don't you go and give us that news? Yeah, a couple things. I'm glad you mentioned the You Need a Budget program. uh, I'm, I'm able to give a discount now to anyone that wants to buy that. So they can go to medicmadness.com slash you need a budget and that will forward you 
to, to the site and it it preloads you with with the discount when you go to purchase it so nice uh it's a i believe it's a six percent discount so if anyone's wanting to purchase the program they can do that well i've uh i've made it pretty easy to to find the articles you can just go to moneysmartmedics.com and it actually just forwards you to a section of of the medic madness website but it's got everything everything's collected there and uh one thing i started over the last couple weeks is a facebook group and a google plus group um it's like a every day we're posting money tips uh answering questions giving each other you know positive feedback kind of holding each other accountable um helping each other achieve you know goals and uh you know i'm in there every day i've, I've been talking to a lot of people um, so all you all you have to do to be able to join that is just send me an email or look me up on Facebook, but you can reach me at Sean at medicmadness.com. Just let me know you want to be one on one of the groups. Uh, so like I said, I've, I've got one on, on Facebook and one on Google plus they're both the same thing. It's just, I have a Google plus one for people that, that choose not to use Facebook. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, like I right. said, I'm, I'm in there every day. Uh, we've been making some good progress. It's been, it's been great. Uh, people have been, uh, you know, I've, I've really just tried to encourage people that are really serious about wanting to, to get ahead. And, I, you know, we got a focused little group in there. Um, I've made a couple announcements on, on my blog, but this week I'd really, like to, I'd really like to get the word out and get some people in there. And this isn't exclusively for people that need help. Uh, this is a community type thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm in there answering questions and I'm doing everything I can. But what I'm really hoping to do is also attract some people that are that have kind of been through what I've been through and uh, maybe have a lot to share themselves and can offer some good advice. Uh, yeah. Kind of people that have been down that road already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So All this isn't, <laughs> this isn't just for people that need help. This is also for people that want to get involved and try and make a positive influence on the industry. I got to tell you, and, and, uh, you know, great work to you, Sean, and something that's always been needed and something that's never been talked about. And, uh, you know, we're, this is the reason why EMS is not, uh, you know, one of the reasons that EMS isn't a career field for people is the money that they make. And if, you know, we can help bridge that gap, Kelly, maybe we find more people that are staying inside EMS. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, I, one, one comment on, on, uh, Sean's or one comment on our blog, uh, from, uh, regarding Sean's uh, uh, money tips was, was kind of catty and saying, well, why don't you just advocate for, for more money for EMS? Well, you know, okay, why don't we promise you the moon and the stars as well? Let's let's start small and let's do what we can to, uh, to manage our money on one EMS job and uh, learn to do that before we learn to uh, totally transform the, the profession and, and the reimbursement system. Uh, and this is, these are tips that anyone can use. Right. Um, Nancy has put me, Nancy has, has put me on, on Sean's tips and, you know, the, I think the wisest thing I did was, uh, turn over my bank account to, uh, to my significant other and let her handle things because she's more disciplined than I am. Sure. And, uh, we're, we're getting there. We're, yeah. We're, we're getting out of the hole. One of the things that I did, which uh, uh, I, I found very useful, is I, I added up how much money I was spending on lunches and uh, taking people to lunch and buying lunch and so on and so forth. And I've put myself on the uh, you know the five dollar a day plan. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it, you you do see. I, I mean, it's it's a little amount of money, but when you talk about a month, 
that, that stuff wrecks up, so uh, it's really interesting. But, Sean, before we let you go, do you have a tip of the week you can give us? Uh, you know, usually I'm the one that's reading the tip of the week, but since you're here, you got something you can give us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? This one's a little bit different, and I, I think in, in the holiday spirit, uh, uh, th- this this may seem a little counterintuitive being that I'm telling people to, you know, uh, keep their money and save and whatnot. But one thing I started doing a little while ago was when I set up my budget, I set aside, even if it's the smallest amount, I, I set aside a specific amount of money to go and do just like a good deed. Sometimes it's as simple as buy my partner a cup of coffee. Sometimes I'll pay for a stranger's meal, uh, donate to a charity. Uh, you know, someone at work has a a fundraiser for their kid. It's just anything. I just pick a random thing. Usually I set aside about 25 bucks every paycheck. It's a really small amount, but what it does for you is it really changes the way that you look at money and it really, uh, it really puts things into perspective and the way you handle money, the way you go about life. I mean, just everything in general changes when you start doing that, when you start letting some of it go and you start actually setting some aside to do things for other people it, it affects your job it affects your your home life it's, it's really amazing what that little amount can do and i know it may not seem like a money tip but you would be really surprised the impact that, that will have on on your on the way you look at your finances on the way you look at your job you know especially us in a career where we're you know out to take care of people sure uh so you know yeah. This holiday season, you know, try try to really think about that. Try and really think about how you're managing your money. You know, are you doing good things with it? Because if you're just buckled down trying to pay your bills and you're trying to, uh, you know, get caught up on this and and you know get out from under that, then it, it just you know money to you becomes something that you you grow to hate, and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. If you start small, I mean, even if it's five dollars, if that's all you can afford, then just then go buy a stranger a cup of coffee. Just you know, hey, you know, pay it forward. Right. It, it pays off and it makes a difference. And you know, and if we're doing these things even while we're on duty, then it really helps the public's perception of us. So uh, just try it. Just try doing it for for a couple of pay periods. I promise you, it'll make a difference. Awesome. Yeah, just paying it forward. I like it. And with the year end coming, it uh, you know a lot of times we need to prepare ourselves for doing these things. January one's coming, man. Sean Andy's uh, money madness tips. Uh, go ahead and check them out. And Sean, I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, we'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Uh, we got a really big announcement that's going to be coming up next week uh, for the year end, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk to you then. Sounds good, man. Thanks for coming, Sean. Oh, thank you. So, Kelly, I think, uh, you know, it's always great to have Sean here, and I always wind up uh, learning a little bit. I'm sure our listeners do as well, but uh, I know why they're here, and uh, they're here to uh, pick up uh, a little bit of what's going on inside the news. So uh, why don't you go ahead and start their first news story? Well, we've got a couple of couple of uh, stories of uh, medics doing diverting uh, narcotic medications. Uh, sad as not it not to, again! Not again! Ah, uh, man, it's, it seems to be a constant thing. I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's any more prevalent in EMS than it is anywhere else. It just these are the cases that happen to make the uh, the news wires. In Seattle, a uh, former paramedic pled guilty to uh, pled not guilty 
to three counts of tampering with consumer products for uh, it's alleged that he stole morphine and other narcotics and replaced them with Finnergan and Benadryl. Uh, uh, Paul Ahrens, the, the uh, former medic, is scheduled for trial January 25th. Um, and they found that several, uh, you know, uh, there had been a, a, a inordinately high number of uh, narc vials who had had the uh, tops broken off or the, uh, the the caps broken off of them, and the, the rubber stoppers had been pierced. And they're uh, they're accusing him of changing those, swapping those drugs out. They had turned over some of the morphine vials to the doctor who oversees their program, and and found out that there were Benadryl and Phenergan in some of those bottles and in, in those cases uh, it turns out that Mr. Mr. Aarons was either working in that station that day or on the day before uh, when the when the vials were turned in so it looks looks pretty bad for him and and you know if, if he's guilty of it well he deserves to be punished but uh, um, let's hope he at least gets some help for uh, for or his his drug problem if that yeah. turns out to be what the problem is and and in related news in Dover Delaware <clears throat> a uh, former Rochester firefighter, uh, Donald Penny, was accused of diverting narcotic medication from patients at Frisbee Memorial Hospital. He's facing 29 felony charges, uh, so apparently he did this quite a bit, alleging he took uh, fentanyl and uh, Dilaudid intended for patients and, and kept them himself. Uh, this was all went on between April 2012 and August 2013. Um, and he apparently falsified medical records stating he administered the drugs to the patients when in fact he did not. There was a uh, uh, hearing uh, to uh, dismiss his charges was held last week, but no rulings been made so far. You know, I am. We face a lot of temptations, and, sure. and we we face we have a lot of pressures, uh, and and our we're no more immune to addiction than than any other segment of society, but. You know, on us has placed a higher degree of trust and responsibility than the rest of society. And, you know, I'm all for medics getting help. Um, and, and, you know, if you have a drug addiction problem, uh, there should be some non-criminal way for you to, uh, to get that help and, and to get counseling. Right. But, buddy, if you're the one that gets caught, if you get caught rather than seek out the help yourself, I got no sympathy for you. If it gets to the point where, where you're the one that is that is uh, you know caught by another uh, another medic or, or you're you're involved in the the whole legal system because of this before you sought out help, well you know that's that's the the road you took and, and you uh, you need to complete that path and and uh, you know take your medicine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and one of the things other sense of the word. Yeah, right. Take other medicine. But, you know, we've got such a hard job, you know, and you and I talk about the Code Green campaign and the stresses that are put on people. And, you know, and sometimes, uh, you know, people turn around and they look to uh, some help and they get involved with substance abuse. And, uh, you know, it's just an easy outlet for them to, uh, you know, get into their drug pouches and, and uh, try to figure out ways for them to uh, get their hands on those narcotics and uh there are a lot of things that get into substance abuse kelly and certainly we're not uh, saying that uh, it doesn't have a grip on people and it doesn't uh, hurt their lives and change their lives but i think one of the things that you and i can agree on is there's help out there you don't have to be bound you don't have to be grabbed by this disease and uh, you don't have to let it consume you i think where we both uh, get into the end result is by saying 
if you get caught, that's not the time to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. If you know that this is a problem and if you know that you're you're taking these drugs and because I'm sure that there's people out there who are listening that, that may be into this, uh, into this uh, class of folk right now, reach out to somebody. There is opportunity out there for you to get help. Go to your organization and say, I've got a problem. I've been helped. I don't know any organization that's ever said, if you come to us prior, we're not going to help you. Um, but there are people out there. Kelly, yeah. I, I don't know that I could speak for you, but get in touch with me and I'll put you on the right path. But don't let these, don't let these drugs uh, run your life. Don't uh, allow it to make uh, bad decisions for you, and don't wind up in a position that you can wind up uh, going to jail for it because this thing's got a hold of you. Exactly. There are avenues to help. Seek them. Right. Let me go ahead and give you my story, and uh, it goes to uh, Glenview, Illinois. The Commission of Accreditation of Ambulance Services, CAS, we like to call it, released the first draft of its uh, ground vehicle standards. And, you know, the one of the most dangerous places, and we talk about EMS, Kelly, we, we got a dangerous job. We walk into people's houses at 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we really have to have the resolve that we may not be coming out in one piece. And But when we get in the back of that ambulance, uh, it even becomes even more of a, uh, uh, you know, a, a dangerous ground for us we're standing up we're in a moving vehicle stopping short people cutting uh people getting cut uh people cutting us off um and people are really getting hurt in the back of the ambulance and what cas has done is with the help of vms manufacturers providers regulators industry and safety experts they've come up with a new standard to say that this is is where the you know, standards need to be for safety. It ensures safety of the patient, of course, but the providers in the community as well. It ensures the quality of ambulance designs, uh, establishes performance-based uh, uh, design standards. It supports efficient EMS operations. So, you know, these are the things that we need to do. I mean, we started off in the old days in the hearses, and, and then we just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but we didn't do due diligence in the fact of saying, how do we keep our providers safe? And I think now the CAS standards that are out, and go ahead and check out the uh, the article as well as you can get into the ground vehicle standards and, and read those as well, but they want people's feedback. And this is the time for you, the EMS provider, to give Cass your opinions on what those standards look like, and Kelly, I got to think this is a step in the right direction. I, I think it is. You know, I'm I'm all in favor of of increased uh, manufacturing safety standards for ambulances and 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 more and better safety equipment. Um, you know, from everything from better lighting and, and paint schemes so that we're more visible to uh, to requiring that we have forward facing seats uh, and and you know some mechanism to uh to secure ourselves while we're rendering patient care and, and that we're positioned in the right way in the ambulance in case of a of an accident that that uh, our our safety restraints actually are intended to work which is facing forward or backward um i do wonder however if we're not getting too many if too many cooks uh don't spoil the soup you know because with with cast's new uh, um standards um we have what three now uh there's there's triple k certification um there's the cas standards and there's the nfpa standards and i wrote a column about the nfpa standards quite some while back you know that you know the the uh those that were proposed for safety standards for ambulances were really actually uh potentially made made the 
the uh, fire departments that, that bought those ambulances less safe because they were so prohibitively expensive. It you know it caught, increased the cost of a uh, a new ambulance to close to two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. So if getting a new ambulance uh, that that meets your your NFPA standards costs two hundred fifty grand. Uh, are people actually buying those ambulances, or are they looking at those going, "Well, we're just going to put off uh, put off buying a new rig uh, for the next few years, and right. we'll just keep limping along with this one with the old standards that uh, you know that that may be mechanically substandard." And and uh, so, is it really making us safer if if uh, people are looking at the price tag? Uh, you know, if chiefs are looking at the price tag and going, "Eh, maybe not this year or next year." You know, and I think we, we fall out of the grace of saying, do we really need a, a big, huge truck to do the job that we do? And, you know, I know down at Acadian and uh, up here, here at Christian Hospital, we've started to make a transition to having those sprinter units in here. And uh, I got to tell you, I mean, mm-hmm. for running... From and, and a fleet management standpoint, that make a great deal of sense. Right. And, and from the standpoint of our transfer unit, so our transfers are really running out of the sprinters. And the boxes are being used for 911 calls, but we have our sprinters set up in a way that we can run at least two 911 calls before we need to be restocked. And I think that we need to think about that concept of mm-hmm. saying, how do we now use what we the resources we need to do the job uh, without getting bigger and bigger and bigger? But uh, you know, down at uh, and I'm sure they're there at Texas EMS as well. But when we were in EMS Expo, now what they're tra- now what they're starting to do is they're starting to put the boxes on sprinter chassis. And, uh, you know, you're, you're starting to see that compact as well. So there's a lot of things that are going on when it comes to your safety. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that are looking at it. But, uh, I, like I said, I think this is a great start. And uh, read some great news stories. But let's go ahead and we're going to kind of do a combined uh, clinical issue uh, guest table, Kelly. Yeah. And uh, I'll kind of throw it to you for the introduction. And, and uh, you know, with yeah. me being the chief of EMS up here in uh, uh, Christian Hospital, uh, you know, our ambulances are the ones that uh, patrol uh, or are responsible for delivering care to the citizens of Ferguson, and we've been on the front lines over the past uh, couple days of uh, dealing with the unrest, and you're going to kind of uh, ask me a few questions about it, and we're going to kind of educate our listeners. Yeah, well, speaking of stress, man, how is it, uh, how are you dealing with the, the current events in Ferguson? It's, it seems it's exploded into to violence and destruction yet again. Frankly, Chris, as an outsider looking in, it, it seems it's 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 getting hard to work up any sympathy for for Ferguson, Missouri. I get the feeling that that, that uh, uh, there would have been riots no matter what the uh, the grand jury uh, returned. If they'd have returned with a uh, an indictment, they'd have they'd have burned down buildings and thrown rocks in celebration, and uh, now they're burning them in protest. Uh, so, how are your crews dealing with that? How are they holding up? Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm so proud of the folks that are here and working. And, you know, of course, there's a a lot of trepidation. Of course, there's uh, folks that are nervous about uh, things that are going on. But uh, one of the things that I think is really kind of interesting, Kelly, is that uh, I think the thing that affects them the most is that they consider this their neighborhoods. They consider this their, you know, know, we're their neighbors. And, you know, they're they're really upset by what's going on you know they they, they're sympathizing with the people the business owners who are are losing their livelihoods because Mm -hmm. of of this uh you know this terrible looting and and fire setting and so on and so forth and but they're very very um dedicated they're very very um um 
they want to ensure that they do the best job that they can for the citizens we're serving. But I could tell you they're they're probably a little bit heartbroken as well that they're watching their uh, community uh, go up in flames, literally. Yeah, watching it rip itself apart. That that is something I, I just do not. I, I can't understand that, and you know, um, first of all, I don't come from that perspective. I'm a I'm a white rural redneck dude from the deep south. You know, I don't know what it feels like to be oppressed. Uh, on the other hand, um, even if I were oppressed, I don't think my response to it would be like, "I'm angry. Let let's go burn down my neighborhood." Uh, it's it's destructive and it's 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 pure thuggery. Uh, no matter how how bad the uh, the situation is, uh, this is not the answer. And you wonder, you know, as an EMT dealing with that sort of thing, if you if you know someone gets tear gassed or hit with a rubber bullet or or, or um, uh, gets shot by one of those shop owners trying to loot their uh, in the process of trying to loot or burn his store, um, how do you maintain some compassion and professionalism uh, as a medic taking care of? someone like that who's you know when your your initial reaction as a human being is like well dude brought it on yourself uh <laughs> play stupid games win stupid prizes that's, um that's... if your guys are able to deal with that man it's uh um more power to them because it's got to be tough you know one of the things that we, we try to do is we try to keep them as focused as we can and we all have our personal opinions about uh you know the the shooting the verdict or or the the grand jury decision but I really try to help the, the crews understand that this isn't about politics. This isn't about uh, your specific feelings on it. We've got a job, and our job is to deliver the highest quality of patient care that we can. And that's what our focus should be. When, when the dust settles and it's all said and done, we'll, let's give a, let us give our opinions and, and let us uh, talk about uh, you know the facts and, and so on and so forth. But right now... If we get caught up in that minutia of whys, of the whys, and of the hows, and, mm-hmm. and I don't understand, I think we lose focus on the bigger picture of that we're delivering the highest quality of patient care that we can. And, and, you know, we try to be very, very focused with the crews and we talk to them. You know, we have EAP folks available if, they, if they're feeling stressed and they just don't understand and they want those answers. But again, if we don't keep our eye on the brass ring, we're going to miss it. And we're doing, our leadership team is doing a very good job of, of keeping everybody focused yeah. to say, your job is the highest quality of patient care. Let's worry about talking about the BS when this is all over. Yeah, well, and and you know you can't you can't solve the problem while there's fighting ongoing. Uh, you can't discuss rationally the issue while while there's still being violence dealt out on both sides. Right. So, yeah, that has to stop. And and, uh, and hope the EMTs and and public safety personnel will play their role in, in stopping that. And, and here's praying that that it it gets stopped soon. But it strikes me that uh, what struck home for me is how thin this veneer of civilization really is you know if if this kind of if a community can erupt into violence and destruction and and tearing down the very neighborhood that you live in based on a verdict that you know apparently is was you know the grand jury heard things that we didn't hear um they felt it was it was proper for to to return a, a no true bill and and people start destroying their community over that decision man how, how far away is civil unrest and, and rioting in any community? <laughs> you know, yeah. what if the power goes out for three days in, in 
whatever any town USA, you're the EMS agencies. You know, you're dealing with the same the same uh, issues that the rest of the citizenry is, is uh, facing with no power and and uh, all of that. How long will it be before we we revert to uh, to uh, animals and start uh, tearing the city apart around our ears? It, apparently, not very darn long. You know, but one of the things that I think is important to think about as well is when we think about uh, civil unrest, and civil unrest really is defined as when folks are uh, getting to the point of violence. You know, you mentioned the term of people being oppressed, and, you know, there are different classes uh, in society. You know, we have the, the, the wealthy, the top 1%, and it goes all the way down to the folks that, uh, you know, are having challenges making ends meet. And when you start to think about the how we're helping those folks, which we're really not doing, and certainly I'm not here to justify violence in any way, when you have a situation now that moves folks to feeling that now they're being criminalized, now and we know the truth and mm-hmm. we know we saw what the decision was in the grand jury and, and the evidence has come out, but when you're being, feel like you're being mm-hmm. oppressed, when you don't have options for employment, when you are, have to go on welfare because you can't make ends meet, and now you feel like, uh, you know, the, the people that are sworn to protect you are killing you, um, it really, it, there has to be education, there has to be opportunity, there has to be uh, uh, relationships, and I don't know that it really kind of gets to that point, and, you know, when something major like this happens, uh, without the understanding of how we can help, it just looks like we're yeah. just trying to kill people, and I certainly yeah. can see that side. Um, again, I don't advocate violence but we have to do a better job of, of taking care of our own people. And our own people are everybody that yeah. lives in the United States. And I think sometimes there are pockets of people that we forget about. Uh, you know, yeah. we're very, very quick to send people over to Haiti when there's a, a, an earthquake uh, to the, you know, aid to the tsunami folks. But what about the people who mm-hmm. live in our communities that need to make ends meet that won't be able to have a, a, a Thanksgiving Day dinner? Um, I, I agree totally. This is, you know, this is more than just, uh, uh, this is far bigger an issue than, than, um, Darren Wilson shooting Michael Brown. And, uh, it's, uh, that was just the, the incident that, that tipped over, uh, or, or set the match to, uh, to the tender in America. I think we're becoming increasingly balkanized. Uh, we, you know, we, we're, we're not the melting pot that we once were. We're, we're separating ourselves, black, white, ethnic, uh, different ethnic origins, different uh, socioeconomic standings. Uh, we're, we're becoming increasingly marginalized uh, from other segments of our society, and, and uh, it's tearing us apart. And, and this is not, we, we're losing our sense of community and, and brotherhood with our fellow Americans, and, and it, it sucks. It sucks to see it. we got to figure out a way to, to pull it back. Uh, I think... Uh, you know, I'll I'll hold off on the political comments because I you know I have my own opinions on, on what leads to that. But uh, I'll, I'll suffice to say that our, our political leaders and have have failed us on both sides of the aisle uh, in helping us resolve these issues. And, and hopefully we'll we'll choose better leaders in the future and, and uh, we'll we'll get back to uh, recognizing our, our commonalities with one or what uh, one another rather than our differences. Yeah, and I think that, you know, in closing, we certainly don't want to beat this, uh, you know, to death. And, 
you know, uh, as we think about, uh, you know, civil unrest, and not just civil unrest, but, you know, the school shootings that we're seeing and the theater shootings that we're seeing mm-hmm. and, and all those things, we really have to learn from this as a career field. And that's why I've kind of been outspoken and vocal about what's going on in our service area, because if, if we don't share that information, the other agencies don't have the opportunity to learn what mm-hmm. we're learning. And, you know, you're not going to wake up one day and have a civil unrest policy if those things aren't going to happen in your community. And when it comes to dealing with these big events, we need to be able to sit down. We need to be able to talk about them. We need to be able to develop plans based on the experiences that other people are having because it's the day that you have this in your community that you're able to pull this file out of your file cabinet and say, let's put the civil unrest plan, let's put the school shooting plan, let's put the theater shooting plan into place because we've already talked about it, we've already practiced on it, we've already planned it, and here it is right here. And, and I don't know that we do that well enough as a career field, Kelly. No, we don't. We, we don't. We, you know, we look at it as... Uh, our, our tendency is to default to, to law enforcement. Okay, well, we'll just, you know, we'll do our standard thing. We'll hang back until law enforcement declares the scene safe, uh, and, and then we'll go in and, and render our medical care. Um, but it requires it requires better planning and better cooperation and coordination with with the other elements of, uh, of public safety and, and health care. Uh, to do that effectively. Uh, we can't do it on an ad hoc basis, and, and it's pretty obvious that in a situation like the riots in Ferguson, the scene is never really truly safe. Uh, you guys are in and out of the warm zones uh, uh, constantly throughout this this uh, unrest, and um, you have to have a plan for how to deal with that, and you can't just say, well, you know, stage your ambulance at such and such a place, and, uh, um, and then go in when the police uh, police department clar- declares the scene safe uh, uh, that's just uh, that can't really happen when there are several hundred people throwing rocks and bottles and burning buildings to the ground yeah, and even and even gunshots flying around so but I think you bring up a good point but yeah I saw where Ray had to take cover uh, in that video it's that's pretty uh, pretty scary stuff yeah I was talking to him I, you know if you haven't seen it Ray Kemp is the EMS one uh, executive uh, producer of videography and he's the guy that brings you all them great videos um, you know, he's, he was actually right there in the middle of that. And while they were calling, uh, evacuate the areas, you know, he was there and I was joking with him the other day, you know, you know that there's a problem when you're getting the shot as you're laying underneath your suburban. So, you know, you have to, you know, kind of put that stuff into perspective, but, uh, um, you know, uh, go ahead and check out some of those videos. But, uh, you know, I think yeah. we got a clinical issue here. And the clinical issue is that uh, yeah. we need to think about scene safety. We need to think about education. And we need to think about keeping our people in a place that they can go home at the end of their shift. So, Kelly, I want to thank you for kind of uh, spearheading that discussion yeah. and, and the questions. And uh, yeah. as things happen, we'll certainly share that with our listeners. Yeah, we need we need better planning and, and better coordination because uh, Ferguson is is not just some some city in, in Missouri. It's uh, It could be your community for different reasons, perhaps, but we're never far away from chaos, um, and we need to acknowledge that fact and plan for it accordingly. As always, uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, Inside EMS, and we value our listeners' uh, opinions, so, so give us your thoughts uh, on the current conflict or whatever else uh, holds your interest in EMS. Uh, email us at the show at ems1.com, and you guys have a Good Thanksgiving, good holiday season, and we'll catch you next week.